0: host, Randy Nonnenberg, and I'm here again with Howard Swig. Hi, Howard. What's happening? Good to be back. Uh, we've had a lot of interesting discussion and a lot of interesting feedback since our last um, podcast, and, and some of that comes on the website with comments. Some of that comes with your uh, listener emails and texts and all sorts of things, so we're excited to address some of those. Also, big topic today, we want to talk about project cars, Howard.
1: Great. True to form for you and me, Randy. We showed up here about five minutes ago and said, what should
0: we talk about? Project seems like that'd be interesting, and and so that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, in the BAT office here, surrounded by a couple of beached cars, a couple of running cars. Uh, Project cars have always been near and dear to my heart, and I know yours, Howard. uh, We have a couple different approaches of those. Sometimes we're sending them out to get worked on. Sometimes we're turning wrenches ourselves. But uh, it's one of those things which overlaps with our own passion and a lot of our audience's passion, but also the types of stuff you see on the site and how you list them and, and what a successful project car listing looks like from both a buyer and a seller perspective and how we've kind of tried to refine that. So we're excited to talk about that um, and a few other topics here today. But first off, before we get into the project car discussion, yeah, definitely want to follow up um, some of the stuff you and I have been saying, Howard, has been resonating with some folks. They've been coming after us with uh, their responses. Uh, We talked about seasonality uh, last week, and we got, you know, a couple folks that are Again, in the deep snow saying, hey, I can't do a driving video if I'm in the deep snow. That's why I don't want to sell in the winter. And I went back at him saying, drive it in the snow and then do a uh, underbody uh, video showing how you clean the, clean the snow and uh, salt off. And that would maybe be even better than a sunny video. I don't know. What do you think, Howard?
1: I think we should direct some of those uh, guys and gals to the St. Moritz ice racing YouTube video. Uh, and, and uh, you know, if, if there's snow and ice on the ground, you can still, you can still produce something that's pretty cool. Yeah. But understand if that's not for everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see that personally. Somebody go do some donuts in the snow and come back and then put the car on a lift and be like, you know, here's what happens and here's how I keep it tidy. Um, But we're Californians in the sunshine. It's 75 degrees today, and we are optimists, so we may be a little warped in that. But it's great to hear the feedback. I love the banter on that one. The other interesting banter was we talked about SCCA race pickup trucks, and uh, I was just alerted that there's somebody that has a Nissan race truck that uh, reached out and said, hey, I'm trying to unload this thing. So who knows? We may see that on BAT, or we may see that come through the BAT office. Um, it's really fun to start up these topics and then have them trigger community discussion, which is something that, that is uh, fun to watch So uh, and and participate in. So cool. Project Cars, let's dive in. Uh, Howard, I'd love to, to maybe point out a couple of interesting ones on the site um, and also talk about um, what uh, is a good way to list one. Where do you want to start?
1: I would love to. Just to close the loop on the last uh, topic to f- uh, from last week's episode. Uh, in the comments section we, we got someone's antenna up with regard to uh, Alliance Racing and Parker Johnstone and one community member commented that he restored an ex-Parker Johnstone IMSA Acura look clap, challenge car? I don't even know what that is but um, anyway, someone managed to find an even more obscure series and has hands-on experience with with a car from that so that was cool but Geno um, you know, projects I mean Personally, I'm always super impressed by the level of detail that some sellers go into with their BAT project listings, right? Like everyone's favorite is the Insano layout, all the parts out, you know, on, on a rug or your garage floor and painstakingly catalog every single thing you have. Um, I think those listings always lead to the most interesting and rich discussions around what's being offered because everyone's a little different and uh, the prospective buyers for each are going to maybe approach or tackle the project uh, in their own way. And I love the guys that are like, yeah, here's, we got one headlight bezel, but the second one's from a later model and, you know, here's the soft top bows, but we're missing the actual canvas and it can go, it can go as deep as you can imagine.
0: Yeah, I mean, on those, I, I love seeing that uh, in listings. I love that we list everything from a, you know, bare, burned-out shell with no pieces to a complete, you know, puzzle, build-it-yourself. I don't even know what's in all these boxes, to, you know, a fully restored 100-point, you know, NCRS Corvette or, or whatever. Um, it's cool to see that sort of variety, but the the when I throw out Project Car, right, everybody maybe thinks a different thing, and... I just love that, you know, whether you turn your own wrenches, whether, you know, this is your aunt and uncle's car that was in their garage and like never got running again after, uh, after years and years. Or, um, yeah, if you're like a pro restorer that put it together and, and left, you know, a 200 page forum thread, um, on, uh, you know, whatever XYZ model forum, and and you go trace that, and we link that in the listing, right? That sort of stuff. It's so cool to see that sort of depth, and the way we've been able to present that, and the way that sellers can present it themselves to some degree in the comment section, right? They'll give additional color, and they'll talk about who they use, what vendors they use. Um, sometimes it's really funny. We get, we run up against you can only fit so much in a BAT listing, right? I mean, some people would want us to have a 50-page PDF be their BAT listing that they've been writing over the last decade while they built this car. And to some degree, we can accommodate that, and to some degree, we link out to that, or we put it in the gallery, or we do you know other sorts of things so that we include as much information and all the pertinent information, but we also have to draw the line somewhere and figure out how to make it a complete listing without making it like an overwhelming listing.
1: Yeah, there's definitely guys that want us to list, you know, a hundred bullet points of every single part number for every single part that's included, and and we'll do that because you know, as as a as a buyer, that's that's all stuff you want to know. Uh, Randy mentioned, yeah, there's some guys that got the box of parts and take a picture of the box and say there's a lot of parts in there, um, and the, the other end of that spectrum is to take empty all the boxes, take them, up which is like right, that that approach is way more work than. You know a standard listing for a standard car but but it's a labor of love and uh for a lot of these cars the the seller has taken this project you know as far as he can take it and it's got a lot of sweat equity and love involved and uh he's very interested in sharing with the community exactly what he's done what what remains to be done and you know what someone is actually getting and getting into more more importantly
0: yeah Uh, That level of detail is super cool, right? And it's something sometimes on other venues you see people list really well, right? Like back in the day, there were a few like Diamond in the Rough Craigslist listings or eBay listings or even dealer listings where they, for whatever reason, have a ton of information and they go really deep on that. And it's awesome. And those were great. Those are certainly the exception, right? You often would get a project car and like you say, a couple pictures of the boxes of kind of broken or worn-out parts that came with it, and then like a two-line description that said, "It's all here," right? And you're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, that may be debatable. So um, it's it's really fun. Some of the um, thinking about some of the listings and projects that jump out and that we remember. Uh, I mean, one of the famous ones that almost we got made fun of as much as we. Uh, Uh, were congratulated for was the Porsche 911 on plywood Mm -hmm. wood cut-out wheels, right? Somebody didn't have any wheels and tires for their Porsche project, so they took three-quarter-inch plywood and cut a circle of whatever diameter, I don't know what it would be, 24-inch diameter, and drilled five lug holes and bolted it on the car and rolled the car out into the driveway to get photos of it on their plywood wheels, right? That's like a famous early BAT listing Um, And then what other projects? I'm trying to think of other projects. That, I
1: I thought uh, I'd forgotten about that. That was a good one. Uh, My mind went directly to a listing from, I think, 2015 or 2016, which became affectionately known as Ferrari in a Box, which was like an 87, basically an 87 Testarossa roller, but the seller... Uh, did a a wonderful job of laying all the parts out, uh, all the engine parts, the seats, the, all the interior panels, all this and that. Um, and the presentation was was very creative, and uh, uh, that's that's got to be one of my all time favorites. Uh, thinking back,
0: yeah, absolutely. That I mean, and that's like the seasonality thing, right? It's like get creative. What can you do? Okay, if you got some limitations, your Testarossa doesn't run okay, let's maybe list it in this crazy way. And that thing I think was in running for listing of the year that year, that thing, I mean, obviously got many hundred comments and everybody goes uh, bananas for it just because it's so different, right? And it gets picked up by other venues, right? All these other uh, websites tend to pick up our stuff when it's kind of out there, right? It's not just another, you know, sunshine listing. It like has some sort of angle and, and difference, and there's something I've never seen before. So I think project cars can really do that based on how you're going to present it. And not everybody is a, you know, photographic ace, right? You're not like working at a museum and pulling all these parts out, you know, some cardboard box and making them look like they're artifacts or anything like that. But just, uh, I think there was a, a 240Z race car is one that jumps to mind with me, it was sold like right in their driveway. Um, I believe and, that was Mike Joy,
1: my boy Mike Joy, voice, voice of the Daytona 500. I was was that Mike Joy's him, uh, car? Last, oh,
0: that makes me even more happy. He showed up at our BAT alumni gathering and was all over the BAT 240Z. He is a cool dude. Uh, he was there with his son, and they were both digging the Triple Webbers on the Z. Um, but they, uh, yeah, that's right. That was Mike Joy's car. And just the, the, the lead photo, sometimes the lead photo is kind of the one that needs to hook people and for the lead photo totally the everything was splayed out right it was like car in driveway which is obviously like a roller but the stance may have been off because parts are off of it or it's you know it's not a complete uh, driver or racer and then there were parts like neatly laid around and they weren't all cleaned up and restored and I don't even know if they were valuable right but they were uh, it showed sort of care from the seller that they cared enough to not just snap the grainy garage photo they like rolled this thing out um, and laid out, I forget what it was—whether it was wheels or cylinder head or you know set, spare set of seats or you know race parts or whatever was going on around it on the driveway—and it, it catches your eye. You're like, "Wow, look at this!" Uh, because I think a lot of people are um, mindful of a what it takes to do that, but b. You know, you're going to get one of these cars in project form. It's going to be cheaper than the finished one. It's going to be maybe sort of an opportunity. It's going to be one that you can maybe personalize a little bit more because you're going to steer the project instead of this other uh, person who already did all the work, already picked the colors, already picked the wheels, already picked the uh, sort of spec. And I think that's why project cars are appealing to folks. Um, And I think it's uh, when you see them sort of splayed out and given care Often, oftentimes the other thing, maybe non-car people think it, or maybe even car people think about it that way, is if it's an unfinished project, it must be like ne- there must be a reason, right? It must be neglected, or it must have been not worth finishing, or you, know, you hear some of this sort of stuff uh, out and about, or even in the comments, and at the end of the day, it's being moved on via BAT to a new uh, person that maybe has the wherewithal to finish it, or use all the pieces, and I think that sort of uh opportunity to do that is really cool
1: you had mentioned uh diamonds in the rough back kind of in the the golden era of ebay and craigslist back in the what er, early mid aughts i think on bat the diamonds in the rough are often project listings Um, you know i think as a lot of these cars have become more collectible over the years you know obviously the the value and scarcity of the parts has also increased and you know a lot of people that have some of these cars in project form. They don't necessarily know what they have or what all the parts might be. And uh, you know you got a pair of you know sandcast Weber carburetors or got the the sports seats from '72 for for this for the 911. Like individual parts can have uh, a huge impact on you know what's what's all being offered. Um, and oftentimes, uh, if a, a seller doesn't know that those things can be uncovered in the comments over a seven-day auction. Um, I'm always interested in you know who the bidders for these uh, for these project listings are. Like for me personally, I'm I'm kind of what you'd call a candy ass. I can't fix anything. I'm the guy that you know pays full retail for a mechanic to to do everything. Whereas Randy is the opposite. He actually has. Uh, ability to fix stuff and and restore cars and uh, so so if him and I looked at the same listing I'd probably look at it and say wow that looks like a huge money pit and he'd say wow this is two awesome winters in my garage with uh, you know with my dad wrenching so uh, and and multiply that by you know hundreds of thousands of people on on BAT who are all looking at it a little differently
0: yeah I like that there's both those uh, sort of ways of looking at it Um, and I've come to appreciate other ways than I would typically do it, right? I think you and I, Howard, are uh, fun yin and yang on that just because um, I tend to, like, you know, get deep into a project and run into a stone wall and then things slow down and I've got, uh, you know, projects that take forever and then something else catches my eye and I'll go start another project and it's like, oh, man, like, that's the fastest way to not complete things. But... I think that I've started to mix in more like call in the pros from from time to time for better or worse, just because, uh, yeah, A, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't know how to do. But B, I think that there is some uh, there's there's. Real benefit in both ways. I used to be like, "Oh, you got to do all your own work, right? You can't send that out. You, you, you got to do your own oil change. Why would you give someone else the the uh, you know easy work like that?" And then I got you know three cars that need oil changes all stacked up, and they're not getting done. Right? There's a reason that you find a specialist or find some expertise and keep things moving because progress is the most important part on any project car and on any car in general to keep the tires around and keep them getting out of the garage instead of. Having them just start to hold down, uh, you know, the jack stands in the corner of the garage. So uh, my everybody that works here will probably chuckle a little bit hearing that, given that I have cars that haven't moved for a while in here, uh, and we haven't been here to make progress on them, given COVID and other things. But um, I think that both of those ways, and I think that it's interesting the relationship that you and I have because uh, we do that differently. But I think I think we can. You know dabble in the opposite and uh, and see other folks doing it other ways and appreciate it and that works well in bat because we have wrench turners on bat and we have people that would never touch a wrench with a 10-foot pole but they're stoked on cars and both ways work i always
1: look at this from the curation side of things it's always interesting to evaluate project submissions when they come in to gauge if they're really interesting uh, which most of them are, or uh, if it's just a piece of junk, right, that can range from uh, a simple body shell to a complete car and everything in between. Like, uh, I don't know, examples like a 82 Rolls-Royce Silver Spur that's been parked outside for 20 years. That's probably a no-go. Um, but honestly, the stuff that's super rare, um, in almost any condition is, is always a yes, and in project form it can be oftentimes even more interesting. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, any re- recent cool projects we've listed, let me, let me think of my favorite ones. We had uh, we had a Kellison, which is a 60s kinda uh, hodgepods American special. Uh, Marcos GT uh, Muntz Jet Renault Caravelle again kind of these weird and wonderful cars man. that <laughs> uh, some,
0: that's an all-star list right there I can keep man, going <laughs> 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 uh,
1: yeah we had uh, semi-recently uh, Peugeot 504 wagon diesel with 50 miles on it uh, project but it had been parked in dry storage for I don't know 25 years like how when are you ever going to see one of those again
0: yeah, some, some, certainly some crazy stuff on the list that has that has gone through BAT. You, got, you mentioned my GTI, dude. I'm not going to let you get away that easy. Uh, you mentioned it, but you also mentioned chasing down parts and sort of exotic-type parts, like, yeah, Porsche sports seats, things that are worth as much as this GTI, just those parts. But this one, uh, something that I've found that has been interesting, I, I haven't done a project car that's an 80s or a 90s car, right? You and I were talking just today about... Yeah, you know, people on events and at Cars and Coffee and stuff, the cars are very new, right? There's so many new cars and so much interest on BAT in 90s cars, 2000s cars. So I'm doing uh, some work on this GTI, so uh, I'll admit it. It's on jack stands. It's behind me. It has no wheels on it. Um, And cleaning it up, looking at the underbody, you know, looking at all the little uh, trim items, plastic stuff. Got the wheels refinished, getting the bumpers sorted out. And um, you, can't, you actually can't get parts for a car that's this new. And that's a super interesting component of maybe where project cars are headed and the types of project cars we get. Um, old uh, restoration type vehicles, oftentimes you can get a ton of parts. You can get reproduction parts. But I'm trying to, you know, get hardware to mount the bumpers on this car. And I'm trying to get, you know, freshen a few things up on a 1991 Volkswagen product and you can't get any of the pieces. They have none of them. The dealer looks at you like you're crazy when you walk in with a 91 model vehicle and give them the full 17-digit VIN and they tell you that car was not sold or something. They, they like have no idea. Um, and then you go looking for parts suppliers. Maybe there's one in the UK that has like a, a couple bags of parts on the shelf. Um, but it's, um, it's actually really challenging. It's easier to refresh and dial in a 75 Land Cruiser FJ40 than it is a 1991 Volkswagen GTI. And maybe that's why I still think to this day, I mean, we haven't been able to list very many good... Uh, you know, 90s era VWs just because if you find them they have to have all the pieces and they have to be totally turnkey and ready to go because if you have to restore one I think you're totally hosed. I think there's no there's no way you're going to get all the pieces that you need to be able to do it. So it's it's sort of an interesting dynamic for newer project cars. I know you and I like and, and you know have gone through many cars 50s, 60s uh, up in the 70s and now we have uh, a, a fair share of the, of the newer cars right? You're uh, your 80s uh, 911 SC that's over here, that sort of stuff. Um, some makes have a lot of availability, but, man, this Volkswagen, I'm banging my head against the wall just because it's so challenging to get the right components for it.
1: That's interesting. So, like, what are you looking for, like striker plates and bracket hardware? What's your What's your eBay watch list it's, it's, up to these it's days? The eBay
0: watch list is deep, as you know, and and a lot of that is, yeah, I'm, I'm buying VW uh, parts boxes out of Greece, right i mean
1: you're ready to pay 40 dollars in shipping for a 2 dollar part that's what it
0: is That's what it is these these uh, different little components to mount the fog lights and stuff i mean it's it's terrible and and it's not even in germany um, it's like you got to go to some you know who knows where uh, enthusiast via some second hand market so anyway it's 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 been eye opening um, and i love this model right 91 uh 92 16 valve big bumper gti it's like one of my favorite cars of all time and the the you know everybody who ever sees it is like man i haven't seen one of those in a long time and i'm like yeah that's because everybody threw them away because you can't work on them you can't you know you can't fix so many uh parts and a lot of people just you know have thrown in vr sixes and stuff because you can't uh get the right components. so anyway yeah really really different the ebay watch list is critical And I wish we could say that on BAT, we were selling all the parts A to Z from uh, Mark II GTIs, but we certainly aren't because I can't find them.
1: Yeah, I think part of that, there there was some, you know, some point in time with kind of the crossover era uh, in cars where the approach to repairs went from uh, replace over repair, right? Um, And especially nowadays, right? A part's broken. You don't repair that part. You throw it in the garbage and you order a new one. Um, and probably around the '90s is kind of when that started to um, to be the case. And then fast forward 30 years later, uh, when you're Randy trying to find some of this stuff, it's um,
0: it's it's truly NLA. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, I'm I'm scrounging and I'm finding stuff, and I I love the car enough that I want to hang on to it and and get the pieces right and not start putting. You know, I think a lot of more modern cars you know you oh you can't find the original bumper covers oh you put like a body kit on it right or you seek out some sort of mo- oh those factory recaros like all the cables and and brackets break oh okay so you'll put in you know aftermarket bmw seats in it or whatever um i think we're gonna see a lot of that with 90s 2000s and more modern cars um and I think that the, the sort of project car... It makes me think of like what, what people that are not into older cars at all and are thinking and are project-minded, um, how they're going to you know, embrace the, uh, the project car sort of universe. Uh, one thing I, I definitely want to give a shout-out to... I think you saw this come across. We recently sold a Ferrari 308 engine. I don't know if you saw that. Um, guy named Mike Burroughs, super uh, impressive guy... Uh, is doing a YouTube series on the, the uh, Stance StanceWorks um, YouTube um, account. You guys definitely ought to go check that out if you haven't seen it. It's one of the, one of the YouTube um, programs that I'm watching most closely. He's got a 308 GTB, and he pulled the engine, and he's building it in basically a, a, a modified track car or time attack car, and I reached out to him, and he was going to unload this 308 engine. And, yeah, super cool dude, and he ended up listing it on BAT, and it went really great. And um, But he's taken this car, he bought this with the sole intent that this is a project, right? He's going to uh, modify this thing and cut it. He's going to put a Honda motor in it. He's going to do crazy stuff and, and work on track times with it while keeping it street legal. I think that's an interesting, right? He's not... He's not buried in the burden that I am of chasing down stock parts. He is modifying it to his uh, liking. And I think that's one other cool thing about project cars. And And a lot of people get, I think, too hung up in what's the market for. Like, if I modify it, is it going to be worth what it was? And, like, it, it turns into this, like, value discussion. But one thing I respect about that dude and a lot of people that are hands-on and are are – modifying cars is like they have a vision and a purpose and they're like I'm going to put these flares on it. I'm going to put these seats in it. I'm going to modify it and make it my own and that that um sort of talent and capability and hands-on know-how I'm always impressed with. And so like looking back at the listings we were just talking about like who knows what happened to that Mike Joy Z? I don't even know what happened to it. Did somebody get it? Those cars are expensive now. Did somebody get it and restore it to perfect? Or did somebody get it and kind of make it their own and make some mods that are going to upset some people? And that's fine. And now hopefully that person's on track or that person's uh, driving it on rallies or events or dirt roads or who knows where. Uh, I've always respected people that kind of have a vision for a car and where they want to take it and then go add miles to it.
1: Yeah, you got to buy what you like, and, and uh, most guys doing that stuff, I mean, oftentimes the modifications they're making are because they're better. They make the car a better car to drive, maybe more reliable or safer or something that corners better. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a deep underworld of, of modifications, but, um, yeah, for the most part, we, we don't get too bent out of shape uh with, with Uber originality and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, one offshoot of this discussion is is the whole parks discussion. Uh, Randy and I and the staff here are always talking about, you know, what's the best way to have a parks marketplace? Um, and obviously projects are a huge, uh, huge part of that discussion. You know, it's tough because, you know, f- for us at BAT, we, we want to have some level of you know richness in each auction listing. So if you're just listing a hardtop for a TR6, you know that can only be so compelling. Um, mm-hmm. But we would love bring a trailer to be uh, the go-to spot for 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 parts. And if you're you know another guy out there restoring a '91 GTI, you want to come to BAT, and you're going to find you're going to find that striker plate that you know Randy's hunting down in in Armenia or something. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'd we love to hear for, for all of our listeners, what, what do you think about, you know, how should we do parts? What's the best way to approach that? What do you want to see? I mean, we've obviously embraced, you know, stuff like, like wheels and, um, you know, the more kind of obvious uh, stuff that's out there. But uh, from the curation side, we get submissions for all sorts of crazy stuff, and uh, it's it's mild to wild in terms of, uh, you know how many people for some of it. I mean, there might be two people in the world who care about that part, but that's okay because chances are there there may be a scroll in BAT. Um, but and and some stuff is you know much more broader market. So uh, we'd love to kind of crack that nut and figure out how to uh, make us a great uh, destination for for cool cool parts.
0: Cool, yeah. I think the the parts category on BAT is already awesome, but the, some of the stuff gets up to be you know expensive engines and and expensive wheel sets and stuff like that. Uh, but it's a it's a real double edged. So you say TR6 hardtop, I'm going to jump on that, man. I, I'd love to list a TR6 hardtop, right? I think I think those are cool. I think you're maybe using that as an example of what wouldn't fly, but what we're, uh, you know, a project, like a, a we get, you know, somebody submits a TR6 hardtop that the car was rolled or whatever, you know, just like nightmare scenario. Uh, some things have scrap value and no more. But the, but a good TR6 hardtop, a good TR4 or TR250 Surrey top, Right. Uh, flash forward a few years, an S2000 hardtop, um, you know, cool accessories that are out there, like that sort of stuff. The right steering wheel, upgrade parts. Um I mean, you you are way well better versed in in you know JDM and and Miata parts, given that you race Miatas and that sort of thing, right? I don't know some sort of Jackson Racing components or different different sorts of stuff from the from the two thousands or hot rod parts like that, if they're in great condition and can be uh, added in sort of a period way to modify cars. Maybe that sort of stuff is cool. Like I would love. Um, Yeah, for us to have more and more of that. And we have some interesting uh, listings that are coming up on the parts side and are going to do some fun things about that. But I think we need to, um, yeah, figure out how to provide more services for folks. We definitely get some, you know, listings submitted and parts listings submitted. And it might work, it might not. Uh, I mean, I talk about eBay way too much. But, I mean, eBay these days, right, I mean, I, I go search Alfa Romeo, Julieta, Uh, in the parts category and it seems like I mean I just get like 28 pages of keychains of uh, just like stuff that it's like this isn't what I'm after I'm after somebody selling you know their extra restoration parts or their uh, you know garage full of something or their trunk full of something or they got you know an extra set of Tail lights, you know, that are in better shape than mine, so I'll buy those and then I'll pedal mine back on eBay. And for the net of hundred bucks, I didn't have to go chrome mine or. or you know, I mean, that sort of uh, elevating of your vehicle based on buying parts and moving parts through, I think is really cool. It's kind of a recycler mentality, um, which I think is really positive. And uh, yeah, it's but it's hard to do that if the parts are like twelve bucks, right? It's kind of like. Start to get into, like, is this worth, you know, one switch on the dash from an alpha? You know, you don't want to see somebody throw that stuff out uh, because they're not making any more of them. But at the same time, uh, it it becomes difficult to, to do it if it's, you know, it's a $5 part and it's, a, you know, 40 bucks to ship it, like Howard's talking about.
1: Now, on the subject of... Parts availability and, and scarcity over time. It's funny you mentioned Miata because yeah, I, I do some spec Miata racing here and there. So uh, when you when you do that sort of stuff, you become very familiar with the cost of uh, particularly exterior panels. Uh, and yeah, like Miatas, man, like like. Ten years ago, Miata, you know, hardtop, you know, commodity type thing was seven, eight hundred bucks, and now Miata hardtop market for it's like twelve to fourteen hundred, right? Front fenders used to be fifty bucks all day long. Now all the guys with the Miatas on cinder blocks in their uh, in their backyard, you know, front fender for a for a, a first gen car is like one fifty.
0: So you know when you're- wish you'd bought all of those, right? All the hard tops, right? If you had a, a corner on the Miata hardtop market, you'd be you'd have plenty of interest, I think, huh? Yeah, I mean, come,
1: you know, coming into turn 11, the big group of cars, when, you know, when that front fender is 50 bucks, maybe you're going to go a little deeper. But, you know, if it's 200 and maybe you can't find it, so you're not going to make it to the next regional, you know, then maybe you, you back off a little bit. But, uh, uh, yeah, totally. And, and what Randy just said, that, that gets to the heart of it, right? I said TR6 hardtop, meh, and he was like, what are you talking about,
0: dude? I'd love to see TR6 hardtop. So that's it right there. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely people watching BAT and you know working on those cars or have those cars or want upgrade parts or are in you know mid restoration on that basket case they bought on BAT or they bought elsewhere that they're going to sell on BAT um yeah anyway lots lots i mean parts are a major component of the project car universe and um and finding them and and honestly it kind of steers buying behavior if you think about it right like if If uh, that, you know, kind of nightmare story I'm telling people about the GTI, right? I mean, maybe if you're going to, you know, buy something um, and think about it from a project perspective, you look like, is that a vehicle where parts are available? I remember thinking of that. Uh, You know, my first cars were, um, some of my first cars were Mustangs when I was in high school. And, I mean, 65, 66 Mustang is like, you know, infinite Uh, component and parts supply, whether you can go to the dealer and get some of the parts for it still. Uh, And then there's all these catalogs. You know, that was my favorite thing as a kid. It was to flip through like parts catalogs for all these parts, whether I needed them or not, that wouldn't be able to afford. But they were all there and they're, you know, they were all available. If I needed a corner lamp or if I needed suspension parts or if I needed hot rod parts, uh, all that sort of stuff was available. But if I, you know, had steered into the the depths of the muscle car world and decided i wanted i don't know a valiant or even if i wanted like a falcon or like something you know um or we got to talk about your safari car wanted a what was your safari car what that 911 thing no no i'm talking about your uh your muscle car orange blue white you raced it on track Ford product. Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes. How <laughs> could I forget the, uh, the the Mercury Comet Caliente? The Comet
0: Caliente. Oh, well, I couldn't come up with that on the tip of my tongue. But, yeah, basically a, a, a distant cousin of the Falcon, right? And, like, if I was a, you know, 17-year-old high school kid and I'm, like, trying to chase, you know, taillight parts for a Comet Caliente, it's like... Where do we even start? Good yeah. luck, right? Like, go get a parts car or find some some dismantler that has a barn full of the pieces, right? They're not making a lot of repro parts for that car. But but I think that that, like, steers a buying decision. Are you going to buy a comic Caliente or are you going to buy a 65 Mustang Coupe? And for one, the project experience is is kind of a dream. And, like, you know, these days you just, you know, get online and click, click, click and parts you up at your door in five days. Or are you going to go like you got to wait for the next Pomona swap meet and you're out there like digging through garbage cans and, and flexible flyer wagons full of you know fender trim. So anyway, project cars, uh, where they're headed, and um, even what the current landscape is like for them, uh, it's just fascinating to me thinking about it for '50s cars, for '60s cars, all the way up through uh, yeah modern fender banging race cars like what you're talking about. Um, I think we'll see a lot more of them on BAT but yeah any more uh, components of what listing them on BAT Howard like can can be really positive or can can uh, you know really build interest when you have these cars that are blown apart in pieces absolutely well actually what
1: you were just saying you know uh, you and I have both been involved in you know restorations of various cars and uh, depending on what you're starting with you know if you're paying someone to do the work um, as as I would be, you know, you're not just paying for them to, you know, be doing the hands-on manual labor. A lot of that stuff is the research. You know, the 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 you need to sit at a computer and, and go through reference material and books to figure out if you don't have it. First of all, what do you need? And second of all, where the hell do you get it? Um, so the research component of a lot of this stuff, I think, uh, doesn't always get the respect it deserves. But um, yeah, what uh, parts listings? How can people do them better? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, another thing that people underestimate is obviously presentation is super important if you're listing any car or truck or motorcycle, but it's just as important for parts. And I like the people who um, you know kind of go the value add route. I think uh, I was talking to a guy a few months ago who had you know a, a jaggy type steering wheel and seat, and he wanted to list them, and. I said, well, you know, this is maybe a little light on on content. And he said, that's cool. You know, I'm going to get a, a shift knob, another seat, and two and two door panels. And guess what? Now you're listing an interior for a Series 1 e-tape, right? And, and you're selling the dream to someone else. So you're adding value for their project, what they need. Um, so I'd encourage people out there, if you have parts you want to sell and, uh, you know, maybe it's an incomplete package or whatever it might be, you know, go the extra mile, take the time to maybe add to it and uh, and make it a richer, kind of more compelling uh, thing to offer because that that can uh, return in spades, you know, what you'd get out of it and, and the interest level um, that you'd get from, from an audience.
0: Yeah, we see that all the time. It's so cool to see the sort of behind the scenes of what you see and what the team sees in terms of what gets submitted. And that dialogue happens quite a bit behind the scenes, right? It's like, oh, you have this? Like, let's talk about it. Let's figure out, like, does this make sense to list? Or we'll get people that come to us with questions, right? They're like, hey, I got this. Any chance this gets any bids on BAT? Or, hey, I've, I've uh, you know, I'm blowing this thing apart. Should I save all this stuff and sell it on BAT uh, with the project? Or can, should I just ditch all this stuff and, like, we'll sell it as a shell? Um you know, original uh, engines that, you know, should they stay with the car indefinitely, even though I'm building a race car, um, different sorts of stuff like that. We get we get a ton of questions behind the scenes and we love them. Honestly, people are so psyched to uh, to hear and to discuss and to uh, want to dialogue with us in terms about, uh, you know, in terms of what will do well on the site, what will, you know, stir the audience, what will create an, uh, a cool presentation. Um, and yeah, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of that. I think the, the project category is one that's really fun to set an alert on and see what comes across, even if you're not necessarily in the uh, market for something or your garage is already full. I think when it comes to alerts that I want to get in, you know, large supply, uh, I think that the project car. I mean, it's, it'll be all over the place, right? One one day you'll get a race car, next day you'll get a uh, you know nearly completed but you know can't you know has some problems car, and then you'll get a you know total basket case um, things all over the place. It's actually really entertaining and and fun to watch that category, which if you look at it has you know a bunch of cars at any one time.
1: Yeah, just what I love. People people texting me at nine, nine o'clock on a Friday night, saying, "Hey Howard, I got this car. I got three engines and these bumpers and these seats. and Tell me what you think I should do."
0: <laughs> you love it. You love it. That's your favorite Friday night activity, right? Somebody comes after you. Hey, I, I need a I need a price quote on this pair of sports seats that are you know mismatched and ripped. What are they gonna do? You're like, well, I don't know. Can I talk to you on Monday? Uh, it's pretty funny. Funny to do that. I don't know. I don't know how we have talked about parts availability without and project cars without talking about uh yeah you know the the Integrale and the Renault R5 I, for whatever reason I have a, a desire to have cars that nobody else has and these are all cars that you do have to ship in parts from overseas I don't know this in the the flip side of like some individuality in the car world means difficulties and so i have someday i'm going to learn my lesson and unlike you i'm going to buy a 911 sc that is like a normal color and original equipment and really clean and like you take it to 10 different shops in the area and it'll all be you know it'll all go fine uh instead of buying a car that you got to drive 300 miles to a mechanic that will touch it and the parts will take six months to get an oil filter um it's just sort of a, a different way of going about it but but um fun talking about this stuff Uh, I think uh, you know there's so many aspects to the project car universe and one thing that just really makes me happy is that they have a home on BAT right we welcome them the more that we can have the better uh, of all flavors and uh, watching how uh, people you know treat them how they're hands-on how they're you know, still dragging these things out of garages and selling them and uh, presenting them. I think this is an evolving sort of art. Um, I think in the olden days, you'd just try to have a compelling uh, listing uh, in, a, in a classified site or something. And then a couple of the big auction houses try to like keep the dust on them and that sort of stuff, right? And try to make it sort of a story and a, and a marketing exercise. Um, and I think on on BAT, we've really put that power into the hands of the seller themselves so they can photograph it and they can uh, present it and they can talk about it in the comments. And I think that I think it's super cool that those are the kinds of things we are seeing. And I never want to lose that on BAT because I think there's a lot of um, a lot of sort of volume uh, sites and, you know, just the modern Internet car um Shuffling of of vehicles that are just like turnkey, you know, brand new turnkey car, shine it up, armor all on the tires, down down the road it goes. And at BAT, we're always going to want the more involved listings because I think that that's the interesting stuff to see come across uh, uh, every day in a good mix with the modern and, and turnkey cars as well.
1: And then we could, we could maybe for another episode, you know, get into the accessory side of things, right? Like like toolkits and luggage and owner's manuals. We list all that stuff and, you know, when, when you're done building the car, then, you know, if you really want to com- complete it, that's the type of stuff you need. Uh, speaking of crazy submissions that I've seen this week and people keeping uh, parts and future repairs in check, we had a guy submit. Uh, a Renault R5 Turbo two with a Mazda 13B wait, engine wait, wait, swap. Wait,
0: wait, 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 when, when was this? When this was that is, submitted? This, uh, this
1: is in process.
0: <laughs> wait a second. Like Steph sneaks in and I don't get to hear about it. But wait, thirteen, thirteen B rotary. Correct. In like what I, don't he, I don't know if I don't know if he did.
1: Transaxle? I don't know if he did the swap or it was the pre, a previous owner. But that guy had something. He was onto something, right? If something breaks in in, in the thirteen B, that's going to be a little easier to fix than. Hunting down the 1.4 liter turbo, you know, Renault engine parts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's for sure a step in the right direction, but you may have gone from pain threshold 10 to like pain threshold seven. I don't know if he's truly right. Like the, the, the Honda into the Ferrari, it's like, Oh, brilliant. Like anybody will work on that anytime for, for uh, not too much difficulty, but the 13 B I don't know. When was the last 13 B produced? Yeah, talk about modifications and
1: people building cars for them. I mean, that was someone that's, – that's a car that <laughs> someone built for them and no one else. And, uh, you know, who knows. But, but anyways, I wonder cool. about
0: 13Bs and that sort of stuff. It's really funny. I mean, you were talking about Mazda and, and uh, Miatas on track and that sort of stuff. One of the predecessors to that, you know, Pro 7 series, was when people were running first-gen RX-7s. And it was the same universe. I remember going out with a buddy of mine who was running that. And it's like you'd hoard the fenders and you'd hoard the glass – uh, hatches and different sorts of things. They're like, yeah, they don't make any more of these. You just got to keep them if you discover one. Uh, but that 13B, and I've been thinking about this with Honda Cosmos lately, just because those are super cool, you know, the first-gen Cosmos that are that are pretty rare and pretty interesting. It's like, does anybody, if you get that car, does anybody know, like, how to tune uh, a rotary in stock form? I mean, I know guys are still doing, doing uh, boosted rotaries and doing probably fds and you know more the more complex stuff but i mean i would hope and i think in the bay area if any place you can find somebody to work on one and you could in the bay area but uh you know if people in in more remote areas or different parts of the country are buying an early rx7 like you pull into a place with a rotary like are people just like you're out of your mind uh or you think you can get people to work on those
1: apex CO experts i mean there's definitely fewer of them around uh, than there were 20 years ago uh and what, what else? Oh, the most perfect 81 Ford Escort wagon. You know, it's kind of a nothing car, but, I mean, when was the last time you saw one of those? And... That that got my that got my antenna up and yeah, if you What know, that
0: was submitted this week too? That,
1: that was this week. That's that's uh making its way through. But yeah, where, where do you find parts for for that car? Yeah, I, no, that's probably that's easier like, than r R five. Well get a
0: parts car, right? Or luckily if you find one you can buy a parts car for like three hundred bucks on that car and probably Or just uh, buy
1: the, the, the buy the best one in the world for six hundred Yeah. <laughs>
0: So uh it's all relative, I guess. But uh man, we're talking about other stuff, but you still have my mind spinning on the thirteen B in the back of the uh, in the back of the i I'll send you the link.
1: No, we've we've got some good some good uh, pics and info on it. So you, you might need to pour over that. Cool. Non project assuming.
0: car though. You're just going off in, in terms of awesome submissions. I'm and just going, I'm just going off the coffee. You're now. just going. I love it. I love it. We've got you know, interesting submissions are always fun to talk about and the volume of them is crazy and we really do miss the days of riffing on all of them uh in the bat office something cool comes across and it would get shouted out across you know 10 people that are in the office that day saying check this submission and you know it it, uh it creates a lot of energy and and enthusiasm and excitement and you guys as listeners get to see the end result of that of those getting all the way through and and Crafting a cool listing and putting it on the site, and then obviously the bidding war, that, that ensues. But you know, seeing it when it's just fresh, like it just hits the inbox, uh, it's, it's kind of magic. So seeing those and, and hearing from Howard, who's on the front lines with his team, uh, of hearing what's submitted uh, is always fun, Howard. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, if you guys have any questions, you listeners have any questions about project cars or other aspects or suggested topics... Um, we definitely are going to be doing some fun interviews of uh, some all-star commenters and sellers and buyers. Uh, Howard, your interview of 9-11-R uh, got a bunch of feedback, which was super fun. Uh, did you have a good time doing that? It was great. No, it was, it was uh, great getting to know Matt a little bit. He's someone who knows his way around projects.
1: And, uh, I thought you going to say knows his way
0: around PIR. He's like <laughs> dropping his lap times and stuff, right? I was like, okay, legit. I love that. Uh, fun to have. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but, yeah, fun to have uh, um, visitors in and uh, guests in, and we will be doing more of that. Many of the comments that we've gotten uh, and emails have been like, hey, have this guy or go seek this guy out. Uh, you know, who the heck is Captain My Captain? Like, who who is the guy who sold that 300SL Uh, And we've had some fun uh, thinking about what the next few episodes can hold. So, yeah, email us, podcast at bringatrailer.com. We'll post all of these. Obviously, all of these are on the podcast page, on the site. uh, And we're getting social feedback, too, on Instagram and elsewhere when we post these. So really fun to see. I mean, we've frankly been... uh, you know humbled and excited by the response to the podcast like people are definitely reaching out and and the you know lots of people are listening to it and sharing it and that's been really exciting for me uh, to see this sort of new channel take off for BAT and let us you know connect with the users in a new way uh any parting thoughts Howard uh i mean my mom
1: is now listening to this podcast so <laughs> i mean it it must be getting there must be some That's people. It's because you're out there famous, man.
0: You're now a media personality. <laughs> I love it. I've got a face made for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one data point, uh, and uh, I know we have a bunch of a bunch of other ones. So um, anyhow, great to uh, great to be with you as always, Howard. And uh, we'll uh, take some more uh, questions and topics for next week, and and put them into the hopper, and and uh, come up with some more stuff to talk about next week. So thanks for joining us. See you next time.